Britain can love hung parliaments, February the 11th, 2010. The bogeyman of a hung parliament is being used to terrify British voters. What is needed, it is argued, is a government with a strong majority to rescue the UK from the threat of national bankruptcy. This is nonsense. The UK does not face national bankruptcy, and if it did, would not need strong single-party government to save it. Has everybody forgotten that in the gravest crisis ever faced by the UK, Winston Churchill governed with a coalition? Why is the present crisis so very different? So poorly has single-party despotism governed the UK that I would welcome a coalition, or at worst, even a minority government. No serious person denies that the country confronts a huge fiscal challenge. Among those serious people are, of course, the leadership of the Liberal Democrats. I cannot be the only person who believes that Vince Cable, the party's shadow chancellor, is far better qualified to address this challenge than any current member of the Conservative front bench. Indeed, the latter has blown worryingly hot and cold over its elusive plans for fiscal stringency. At the same time, let us not be hysterical. Consider these few facts. First, and probably most important, according to the Organisation for Economic Cooperation and Development, the UK's general government deficit this year will be 13.3% of gross domestic product. Indeed, a horrible figure. But the country's current account deficit is forecast at only 2.4% of GDP. This means... As a matter of arithmetic, that the country's private sector financial surplus is, on a net basis, financing four-fifths of the fiscal deficit. The country is not going bankrupt. Rather, government deficits are offsetting the extreme prudence of a crisis-afflicted private sector. These deficits can only be reduced substantially if the private sector starts spending more or the current account goes sharply into surplus. Second, markets remain quite relaxed about the UK's fiscal prospects so far. The spread between German 10-year bunts and equivalent gilts is only 0.7 percentage points, even after the pause in quantitative easing by the Bank of England. The real interest rates on index-linked gilts are some 1%, and the expected retail price inflation implied by the gap between conventional and index-linked bonds is only 3%. These are not data for a country on the verge of either a default or an inflationary meltdown. Finally, the overriding need is for a well-defined medium-term path for deficit reduction, but one whose implementation is contingent on economic conditions. Remember that if excessive structural tightening weakened the economy, the actual fiscal deficit might not fall by that much. Ideally, the path of tightening should be closely coordinated with the Bank of England. Strict central bank independence is less relevant when, as now, fiscal and monetary policies are so intertwined. The fiscal path must also involve structural cuts in spending and increases in taxation. How large should the cuts in the deficit be? The OECD estimates the UK's underlying fiscal deficit at about 9% of GDP. That may prove too pessimistic, since nobody knows how much of the deterioration is permanent. Ultimately, the structural deficit must be eliminated to start lowering the debt ratio once again.
Over the next Parliament, one would certainly wish to see a structural tightening of a good 6% of GDP and, in the right circumstances, of substantially more. This will hurt. I can see no reason why it would be more difficult to implement the needed tightening under a coalition government. On the contrary, the legitimacy needed to take on the principal opponents of the cuts, the public sector unions, would be far stronger with a more representative government. Greater legitimacy is, after all, why the UK had a coalition government in the Second World War. Research by the House of Commons Library also shows that of the ten largest fiscal consolidations in OECD member countries since 1970, seven occurred under coalition governments in Italy, Denmark, Finland, Sweden, Belgium, twice, and Norway. Provided those in power are responsible and the public fully understands what is at stake, there is no reason why a coalition government should not deliver the restraint the country will need. Yet there is, to my mind, an even bigger reason. I have long been a supporter of the British preference for single-party majority government. Reluctantly, I have changed my mind. As a recent report from the Better Government Initiative makes plain, the UK's government has been the author of a flood of ill-considered, media-driven initiatives. Almost nothing is properly thought out. This is the result of the domination of a handful of people over the machinery of power, unchecked by party, parliament, bureaucracy or any other tier of government. Coalition government would make this change in desirable ways. So do I fear a hung parliament? Not at all. It would force the next prime minister to persuade some truly independent colleagues. Given the task ahead, government by whim and by whip, is just not good enough.